All I have to do is understand where I am today and know what is the next one right thing I need to do and do that. That was Greg Overby. He and his wife, Teresa, lead a rapidly growing recovery ministry program in Indianapolis called the 180 Exchange. We'll hear more from them about how the 180 Exchange is helping Hoosiers dealing with addictions to find hope for a more manageable life in The Hopeful Hoosier, Episode 6. I'm Andy Dix. Addiction is the issue for Episode 6. Addiction in its many different forms is making headlines, from the opioid crisis to the obesity epidemic. An ever-growing number of Indiana citizens' lives are spiraling out of control as they seek to numb or ease the pain, disappointment, guilt, shame, loneliness, and despair of trying to cope with life in our modern world. Author and psychologist Dr. Henry Cloud defines addiction as a compulsive physiological need for something. In other words, something that someone needs to survive. People can be addicted to substances such as alcohol, drugs, food, or activities such as sex, pornography, gambling, work, destructive relationships, materialism, and more. These substances and activities fail to fully satisfy us because they don't deal with the real underlying problems. Humans need meaningful, deep relationships with other people. We simply can't live very well without them. What we really need to survive and thrive is becoming even more rare in today's social media conscious world. What we naturally crave is faith, hope, and love in a community where we feel we belong. According to the 2016-2017 National Survey on Drug Use and Health, the number of Hoosiers who reported being dependent on or abusing a substance to the point of being considered a disorder in the past year is almost 419,000 people over the age of 12. That's four times the total population of South Bend, Indiana. That same study found that nearly one in four Hoosiers reported binge alcohol use in the past month, and that equates to nearly 1.4 million people, or a little less than twice the total population of Indianapolis. Those who reported illicit drug use in the past month totaled 660,000 people, or about three times the typical number of fans who usually attend the Indianapolis 500. According to Rally Indiana, the Rx Abuse Leadership Initiative, the total drug overdose rate in Indiana has quadrupled since 1999. More than 1,500 Hoosiers have lost their lives to fatal drug overdoses in 2016 alone. Jennifer Ferrer, the executive director of the Wellness Council of Indiana, is quoted as saying, drug addiction has affected nearly everyone in our state, including an overwhelming majority of businesses but few people understand the signs of addiction and where to go for help. What if you felt called to do something about this giant mess of addictions that is destroying so many lives and families in Indiana? That's what happened to Greg and Teresa Overby. They felt called. I talked with Greg and Teresa in a converted kids' classroom at East 91st Street Christian Church on the northeast side of Indianapolis. Their 180 exchange program is where they say, we turn our mess into a message of hope. Most people are familiar, I've heard of AA and Narcotics Anonymous, OA. Those are all 12-step programs that emerged out of a common 
uh, Christian ministry actually back in the 1920s called the Oxford Group. The Oxford Group had this idea that as uh, faith-based people uh, that our lives could change this side of heaven as well as in heaven or going, when we go to heaven. And what emerged out of that when there was a time when there wasn't Fairbanks and rehab hospitals and all of that was a dynamic of a spiritual uh, group of people who would get together and apply these principles to their lives and begin to have real life change in all areas. For the first time, alcoholics began to become sober. And that was all happening in the late 1920s, early 1930s. The 180 Exchange is an expression of that idea. We're an umbrella ministry that embraces what we call now the 12 spiritual action steps of the Oxford Group in an applied way where we address any type of abnormal substance use, behavior, or relationships. And we do that in a format that has a large group teaching. Then we go into breakout groups we call integrity groups. And then we come back for a debriefing of anybody's questions and to get clarification so that they can go out and live their life differently beyond the time that we're together. Teresa, why do you feel like working to help folks experience recovery is sort of the problem that's chosen you to solve? I don't know that any one person can solve a problem such as this. I think it's a human problem. One of the reasons why I think I decided to stay involved in the recovery arena after working through my own recovery with a disordered eating issue was that I felt like the churches that I was involved in and I was church from a very early age did not teach how to mature in a spiritual way. There are a lot of issues that people face sitting in the pews and for whatever reason they don't connect the life applicability of biblical concepts and biblical steps as a way to see them through difficult times. A lot of times the people feel shame and they won't come forward with a lot of their issues. I believe that the 12 steps is a spiritual way to mature through steps 1 through 12 that really show that it's okay to be human and it's okay to have issues such as stress, anxiety, um, shame, guilt, and what the 12 steps do along with biblical concepts and biblical teaching teaches us how to work through those things so that we can move our lives forward and be free of shame, be free of guilt, be free of the things that keep us rooted in one spot and deny us the possibility of moving our life forward in any manner that the way God would have us do it. Because I believe that God has a plan for each and every one of us. We clearly believe that we are to identify ourselves and who we are and how God created us and that the issue that we're struggling is just a representation of the brokenness or the addictive brokenness that we're walking in but it is not who we are. While we may always battle on the aspect of being drawn to that issue or that brokenness, it is not the definitive defining of who we are. That really rests with us and God. We talk about in our brokenness, we live in a false self. And as we move through this life change recovery process, we move into living out our, an expression of our truer self and who we are with God which allows that issue that brought us into recovery to be diminished and impacting our lives and certainly not defining of who we are. So you use two terms, 
Addictive brokenness and brokenness. What are they and what's the difference between the two? We use uh, 1 Corinthians 6.12 as one of the anchor scriptures for the 180 exchange. What it says is, while all things are permissible, not all things are beneficial to you, and you should let no thing master you. Well, there are a lot of people who are walking around with brokenness in their life. And so they're doing something that is permissible by God and everybody else, but it's not beneficial to your life. And so it's hindering your life, but it hasn't overtaken your life or uh, uh, ruined your life because of that. Addictive brokenness is the same idea, but you have allowed something, an issue in your life, you become a slave to or just beginning to master you and overtake your life and hinder your ability to live your life well. What brings somebody to the 180 exchange? Um, normally it's pain. It's where the pain of what I'm experiencing is greater than the pain of having to do something about it. We all have a reluctance to walk into a place and be able to acknowledge that, hey, at least in this area of my life, there are real issues there that don't work. And it's beginning to impact my life, my marriage, my family, my work, my health even legal issues, of course, sometimes. Um, and so it's that acknowledgement of when that shift becomes, you know, begins to happen. There's a term in recovery called bottoming out. And that's what we're talking about here. When this has got to the point to where my life is it's not working to a degree that I no longer am willing to be afraid or reluctant to open up my life and, and who I am and be honest about it. What kind of issues in addictive brokenness or brokenness do people find relief from through 180 Exchange? Yeah, we have three big categories of them. One is substances, another one is um, relational brokenness, and then the third is behaviors. Substances, everybody thinks about alcohol and drugs, prescription and otherwise, there's a tremendous opiate epidemic going on. And so the idea is on a substance relationship or behavior, you're taking something that's normal and using it in an abnormal way. Uh, that's certainly true with the opiates. Most of the opiates that are being abused today are prescriptions that have been acquired in some fashion other than what they were intended to be used for. Relationally is really about, you've heard the word codependency, it's been around for a long time. A codependency is using any relationship in a way that helps you to define who you are in terms of someone else. That can be expressed in different ways. You can be on the receiving end of codependency, or you can be the one who is the giver in a codependent relationship. But eventually it, begin, it begins to erode your sense of who you are and your ability to function and have a a sense of self who can thrive in the world. The behaviors fall in line with uh, sexual integrity, sexual issues, pornography, chronically having affairs, you know, along those lines. But it also includes behaviors like overeating and undereating, uh, which is one of the huge issues in our country today as well. Type 2 diabetes over the last 20 years or so has increased 300%. So there's a real issue with people using food to numb the emotional relational issues of their life instead of what food is intended to do, which is primarily fuel the body. That's being represented by more obesity at a rate higher than it's ever been in our country. And then the, uh, the issues of anorexia and bulimia is really about trying to calm an internal discord in you by controlling something that you can control, which is the food that you take. There's some interesting correlations with anorexia bulimia and sexual abuse. Approximately 70% of people who are chronically involved in severe anorexia or bulimia, 70% of them experience some form of sexual abuse in their life. 
And so once again, it's taken these normal substances in our lives that have the ability to be used normal in a functional way and using them in a progressively abnormal way that eventually masters us or overtakes us. What we say a lot of times is many times we'll embrace something and it makes us feel better. And so then we'll take more of it. And so it feels like it's a solution to some type of problem we don't even know we have or define, but it will grow and, and become the problem that we can't solve as it overtakes our life. In some literature from the 180 Exchange, there's a quote from Louis Giglio that states, Brokenness is the bow from which God launches the arrows of healing. When we own and authentically share our story of brokenness and healing with others, it banishes shame and restores hope, teaching others of God's unconditional grace, forgiveness, and love. This creates a safe environment for others to be transparent and to experience God-centered life change as well. At the 180 Exchange, they believe that owning our brokenness banishes shame, restores hope, and sets us free to be the person God created us to be. We'll hear from two participants of the 180 Exchange who experienced significant life change when we return to the Hopeful Hoosier Podcast, Episode 6. The Hopeful Hoosier Podcast is made possible in part by AD Growth Advisors, an executive coaching firm in Indianapolis helping executives and entrepreneurs accelerate their professional development and growth. Visit us on the web at adgrowthadvisors.com. Are you a leader who's frustrated with trying to bring out the best in your people every day? Would you like to know the secret to motivating people so that they actually want to do what you're asking them to do? Hi, I'm Andy Dix, and I am president and a board-certified executive coach at AD Growth Advisors, an Indianapolis executive coaching firm. I help new and emerging leaders accelerate their professional development and growth so that they can bring out the best consistent performance from everyone they lead. If you'd like to talk about what matters most to you, give me a call at 317-538-3231. Once again, 317-538-3231. Or visit us on the web at adgrowthadvisors.com. Let's have a conversation about motivation. It's why we do what we do. My name is Harrison Painter. And I'm Josh Buck. And we are co-founders of Amplify Indie. We have a monthly event called the Amplify Indie Monthly Experience. And we want to invite each and every one of you out to our event. This is where we celebrate community, culture, and commerce. We bring all of us together for an event once a month. At the Amplify Indie Monthly Experience, we showcase a local artist, local musician, a local nonprofit, and we bring in a keynote speaker. You can find out more about our monthly event by going to AmplifyIndie.com. In the event section or Eventbrite, uh, just search for the Amplify Indie Monthly Experience. Once again, my name is Harrison Painter. And I am Josh Bach. And we hope to see you there. Amplify Indie citizens, unite. This is the Hopeful Hoosier Podcast, Episode 6. I'm Andy Dix. We're talking about an ever-growing problem here in Indiana, addiction, and one Indianapolis couple's solution called the 180 Exchange Program. At the 180 Exchange Program, they believe that a basic framework is needed to work a healthy life change program. The framework is built on a foundation of an intimate relationship with God, and then it includes sponsorship, spiritual action steps, service, and community. They believe that it creates a safe space where they turn our mess into a message of hope. 
So how does the 180 Exchange program work? Let's hear firsthand from two participants in the 180 Exchange program. Hi, I'm Dave. And as we say in 180, a grateful believer in God of the Bible. I came into recovery initially codependency issues and things like that. I discovered later that I'm alcoholic, that had issues with pornography. I'm in year 12 of sobriety from alcohol and one year from pornography. I'm in year two of 180. I'm an AA guy and a Celebrate Recovery guy. I liked AA for the big book and the 12 steps and all of that. It's golden stuff. but. The God uh, could be pretty much the God of your understanding. They would allow a lot of whatever you want that to be. CR was good because it was the Lord and all that, but it didn't have the AA roots in it that I liked. When I found 180, I'm like, we got both. We got the AA roots and knowledge and God, and it's just a hoot of a good time for me and good encouragement. I've learned it's a faith program for me, and if I believe in God and the principles and guidelines of recovery, I know that it works, and a good day sober is way better than the old days. Back in the old days, like for many of us in recovery, I would just uh, crash and burn out. I would uh, binge drink or I would do pornography. I would repent of that as a typical Christian. And then could be a few days, few weeks later, same thing over and over again, and my prayers were just unheard. But finally, when I came into recovery, I heard other people that had similar experiences. But when they got into a program, God started hearing their prayers and their lives started changing. I thought, I want to find out more about this and I found recovery. So I would say have faith and pray. And I'd really encourage you to check out a recovery program. It's transformational. I would encourage just visiting a recovery meeting. You don't have to commit for the long haul. Just come in and check it out. See, see what you think about that. I can assure you it does work if you work it and you are worth it. There's a lot of humor and love in our group. Uh, we're not a glum lot. It's surprisingly fun also. Next, we'll hear from Casey. His broken way of coping was by overeating. What brought me to 180 initially was overeating and overindulging. What the strange part is, is that I was an underweight athlete throughout high school and college, Division I track and cross country runner. And by the time I hit you know, children and career, I had doubled my weight and was type 2 diabetic. But not only that, I was depressed, I was anxious, and though I was successful on the outside. I had just all these worries and it started manifesting itself in overeating. As I've been in the program, I also had a sexual abuse encounter. It wasn't a family member. Um, it was somebody outside the family that occurred in high school that I didn't even remember. But here I am overeating and having all these things and type 2 diabetes. And so a lot of denial and anger until I got a, a letter from my wife. It basically said, I still love you, but I don't like you anymore. You're, you're angry, you're overweight. I was almost 300 pounds. I'm uh, getting closer to 200 now and trying to get under that. It's a process, um, but I've lost a lot of weight in this program. But also the kids were worried about me dying and the kids were you know, worried about my raging and anger because I would fake it all day long and make everybody believe that I was this great leader and great person in the church and I'd let it all fly at home. And so all that creates anxiety, depression, and then you know, for a guy that has to overachieve, you're not allowed to let that out. So if you don't let it out, you act it out, as we, we say in the program. So through that letter, through a therapist, 
I heard about the 180 and also Overeaters Anonymous started out there. I was looking for a Christian recovery group and I remembered this flyer from 180 and pretty much staying there now instead of OA, but again, would re refer anyone back there. And through the last 11 years, learning how to live life in life's terms instead of my terms and becoming the authentic Casey, who am I? Instead of people pleasing and trying to overachieve or underachieve and use substances. Um, again, we tease back everything. I started seeing other things I was abusing that guys abuse and it, it all ends up in the same place. And so I'm just absolutely thankful. Um, the, the key to my program really was I was a leader at work, at home, in the church and not doing well at home, of course. Did all these great things, and yet I felt completely isolated and alone. I had zero friendships, dealing with a, a very serious mental illness that was in my family as well, so that isolates more. Though I was around a lot of people, when I came to this program, I was all alone, thought I was the only one. And when I first came to a meeting and someone said something about eating like a whole pie at one sitting, or 12 donuts and a bag of chips in one sitting, I went, my people, I'm here, you know, <laughs> here we are. I can't believe, I thought that was just disgusting. And especially for a guy, food's supposed to be cool and you know, you can be husky. Well, it was destroying me with type two diabetes and weight. And then obviously my uh, emotional and spiritual life as well. I would say, you know, you just give it a try. We understand what it's like to fail and start and fail and start or to feel like we, you know, are worthless. We all in this program, everybody from the person that leads it and started it to the very next person that comes in the door, all have been through this. So it's not as if there's experts, there's really just a community of people that have walked it out. Both Greg and Teresa Overby are retirement age, but instead of retiring, they're ramping up the 180 exchange program all over Indianapolis. I asked Greg why he felt this was the problem that he was supposed to try to solve. Well, it goes all the way back to my own personal journey and my wife's journey. And uh, she and I talked about us sharing this today, so I'm fine with sharing some of what got us there. I was a bank vice president, I have an accounting degree, was very accomplished, but was clueless about everything that we just said around this table. My wife had an uh, eating disorder, was bulimic, and it was continuing to progress in her life. Uh, she graduated summa cum laude in accounting, was working for a big eight CPA firm at one point in time, and this uh, bulimia overtook her life. And when I became aware of it, she got into treatment and, and decided to take some uh, important steps of that. And so two things, one is, I saw the power of the change that was happening in her life and I understood how clueless I was about all of this and that I, I realized uh, I wasn't the only person in the world who was struggling with things like this and didn't have any idea of what the struggle was. I jokingly tell people today that I went from being a guy who kind of thought he had all the answers to realizing I don't even know what the questions are. And so as my wife began to progress in her recovery, I was invited in to, quote, help her in her recovery, and I ran into me. And what I discovered was I was an adult child of an adult child of an alcoholic. My grandfather was the alcoholic, and uh, my dad avoided that substance, but all the relational behaviors, understandings, and interactions that didn't work well in life were passed down through my grandfather to my father and my family of origin and into my life. And as I began to understand some of that, I realized that there's not many places in the world that I was aware of where you could embrace your faith and wrestle with this idea and how do you uh, 
do something about it. So my wife and I began doing a lot of volunteer work with OA and in the church began to talk about this to where eventually I was led to go to seminary. I got a, a master's in marriage and family therapy, did my thesis on this whole idea of recovery and 12 steps and that type of thing. And what came out of that for us, I discovered the power of community in a couple of different ways. We began to think, what would it be like to create a safe community to help people walk through this, but not a soft community because they need to have some pretty hard understanding of where they are, how to help them overcome the pain that they're in. And so that became a calling for us and I engaged in ministry uh, through church to, to have the expression of that. Out of that came the 180 exchange. What I believe is one of the biggest roots in our society today of problem is people who are, have had adverse experiences in their life that now they're using solutions that don't solve things that become problems in and of themselves. We call addiction, addictive brokenness, brokenness. And how do you integrate all of that underneath an understanding of who God is and who you are and what he has for you? And so I really call this, uh, it, this is Matthew, go and make disciples of the world with those people who are starting from a point of brokenness or addictive brokenness. And how do they engage with themselves, with other people, to bring that powerful change that only God can bring into their life. And it was very personal for us. Teresa Overby shared her reason for continuing to take on this challenge. And so for me, it was going through step 12, having had a spiritual experience as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to others and to practice these principles in all our affairs. What that means to me is that I have been given a gift of recovery, which I don't take lightly, and I really would like to share that with other people. When it says to practice these principles in all of our, fa all of our affairs, it means that to bring God's precepts into every area of my life, whether that's business or recreation or uh, self-development or family, whatever it is, you know, just to carry that spiritual maturity with me and to experience that freedom that I got from, from Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit in all areas of my life. So to someone who's in the midst of brokenness or addictive brokenness, what hope can you offer? We can offer them that if uh, what we say in the 180 exchange is a very common recovery saying, it works if you work it and you're worth it. If you come in and engage into working this program, you will not only get beyond what is vexing you and you're powerless over, but you will begin to be established in a way of living your life that you have no idea what it is, and neither do I. But we do know that there is hope there and that you will begin to live in your truer self and God will open doors or you will walk through doors that will bring you some of the promise and hope that you've desperately been looking for with these things that were not designed to give you the hope and uh, the success that you were wanting, but were actually hindering that or destroying that. If somebody wants information about 180 Exchange, where could they go? Two places right now. Uh, one is, there is a website called 180exchange.org, and that's 180 and then exchange without an E. It has information on when we meet and how the program works, that type of thing. The other thing is East 91st Street Christian Church. If you would go uh, to their website and type in 180 Exchange, there's information there that would jump up about who we are and what we're doing. 
When we return, Greg shares how he's been able to overcome adversity with starting an organization like 180 Exchange, and he'll share his vision for a better and brighter future for us here in Indiana on The Hopeful Hoosier, Episode 6. The Hopeful Hoosier podcast is made possible in part by AD Growth Advisors, an executive coaching firm based in Indianapolis, helping leaders and entrepreneurs accelerate their professional development and growth. Visit us on the web at adgrowthadvisors.com. This is Andy Dix, and no, we're not quite back to the program yet. This is actually a commercial for AD Growth Advisors. When I'm not producing the Hopeful Hoosier podcast, I'm actually a board-certified executive business coach here in Indianapolis. I work with leaders and entrepreneurs to help them figure out what's their best answer to some of their most challenging issues and questions. In today's fast-paced, changing business environment and climate, an executive coach is not a luxury, it's a necessity. And if you'd like to outgrow your competition, then I'd like to work with you. Learn more about how we help leaders grow at AD growthadvisors.com or give me a call at 317-538-3231. Once again, 317-538-3231. Now I'll put my host hat back on and we'll get back to the program in just a moment. Well, hello everybody. This is Harrison Painter and Josh Bach. And we are the co-hosts of the Amplify Indie Podcast. The goal of the Amplify Indie Podcast is to truly bring together and amplify those ordinary people doing extraordinary things. We talk about events in the community, and we create opportunity for conversation to talk about possibilities. We're bringing together folks in the cause-driven world, the business world, and the people that we serve. And we're building a stronger community. To find out more about us, go to AmplifyIndy.com. Or subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Podbean, or anywhere where you get your podcasts. It's a lot of fun. Let's do this. Once again, my name is Harrison Painter. And I'm Josh Bach. Tune into the Amplify Indy podcast. Love Love it. it. Walk the Talk Speaker Series presents stories told by passionate speakers on topics that are timely yet timeless. For more information, visit walkthetalkseries.com. Our mission is to create an epic shift in how people think. Welcome to the Hopeful Hoosier, Episode 6. Many programs are quick to start, but are also quick to fail when they come face-to-face with naysayers and adversity. I asked Greg how he was able to persevere in the face of adversity to make the 180 Exchange program such a success. I think some in the Sector 12-step community chafe at the idea of us defining God as you understand Him. You know, so there's one aspect of that. It's not so much today, but early on in our efforts in the church world, people would say, wait a minute, the church is not a hospital, Greg. What? And I would say, well, did Jesus ever heal anybody? <laughs> so there was some of that resistance. That has totally changed the last 10 or 12 years or so. The thing that I think is the biggest issue is for Christians to understand that what we're talking about is the normal aspect and situation of most people who walk into a church every day. There's some degree of brokenness and or addictive brokenness either in their life or in somebody's life that they have influence over. And so how do we continue to integrate this into a normal part of what it means to be a church and to attend a church? We come in and we drop our kids off you know, at Sunday school. Uh, we have our teenagers go to student ministries. We're involved in a small group. And this is where we deal with our brokenness that allows our life to work in ways that we have no idea are possible. To where it becomes that normal of this is who we are 
and this is what church means and how we live it out. What touches your heart most about doing this work with 180 Exchange? Witnessing and experiencing people have profound life change with God. Way back in 1998, I was a solo pastor at a church, really believing I wasn't fulfilling the call that God had on me, had for me. So I was trying to come up with a mission statement, a vision statement, and I ended up with something like this. Said, I want to, God, I want to create a community built around strategic relationships with people that will allow them to flourish in living a God-centered life for themselves and others. And I think the 180 exchange is a good expression of that. If someone's been with us through this conversation and they have a nagging problem that they see in the world that is sort of selected to not go away and to be theirs to solve, but they don't know where to begin, they're overwhelmed by it, they want to just ignore it and hope it goes away, what advice would you have for them and what challenge would you issue them? The thing I talk about a lot today is the power of curiosity. There is a power of curiosity that I think can be God-centered to where if God is nudging you, hammering you somewhere in those two arenas, to be willing to be curious and take what you think can be and give it over to God and say, God, show me what I'm not seeing. And in that curiosity, I have experienced God will guide you into new things uh, and, and, and new opportunities. And many times it's not exactly what you were initially looking for. I was gonna be a family therapist, right? Uh, but God will uh, take that nugget of faith, that mustard seed faith, and will begin to walk with you into the plans that he has for you that will give you a sense of purpose and passion in your life. So it's a willingness to be curious and to act on it. So what does success look like with this program? It's the way we can look back now and then over time and go, you know what, we have set a core foundation of a platform of life change that works for people who are willing to work it and that uh, we know that it will go beyond us and who we are in some form or fashion and we take great satisfaction in that even though ultimately it's none of our business. <laughs> you know, it's God's business. So no matter how bad you feel broken, there's hope. Absolutely. We have had people come into the 180 Exchange who had unsuccessfully attempted suicide the day before and who have, have walked out into engaging in their life in a wonderful way. You, sir, are a hopeful Hoosier. I am a hopeful Hoosier. And I appreciate your time. You're very welcome. Thank you. If you or someone you know is struggling with brokenness or addiction, you can learn more about the free 180 Exchange program at 180x chang dot org. Special thanks to our guests, Greg and Teresa Overby, and 180 Exchange participants, David and Casey. If you've enjoyed this episode, please become a Hopeful Hoosier subscriber wherever you download your podcasts. We sincerely appreciate your positive comments on your podcast download site. It helps us to spread our hopeful message. Our theme music was composed and performed by Indianapolis therapist, musician, and author of the amazing book, Black, Beliefs Limiting Authentic Cultural Knowledge, Mr. George Middleton. I'm your Hopeful Hoosier host, Andy Dix. Thank you for listening to the Hopeful Hoosier podcast, episode six. The Hopeful Hoosier is a production of AD Growth Advisors, Incorporated. Copyright 2018. All rights reserved.